Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. You're listening to the following on podcast. From TalkSport, I'm Neil Manthorpe and I'll be joined by former England fast bowler Steve Harmison and New Zealand cricket commentator Dan McHardy to look back at the first test between New Zealand and England with England winning in New Zealand for the first time in almost 15 years bowling the hosts out for 126 uh, to win by 267 runs. Over the course of uh, the show, we'll hear exclusively from England captain Ben Stokes, New Zealand captain Tim Southey, and the player of the match, Harry Brook. As well as that, we'll discuss the brilliance of Broad and Anderson yet again and debate what changes New Zealand need to make ahead of next week's second test in Wellington. So plenty to come on the show. You're listening to the following on podcast. Well, New Zealand began in a fairly hopeless position on the fourth morning or the fourth afternoon as it is, a day-night test match at 63 for five. And they lost three wickets in the first 20 minutes of play uh, as they slumped to uh, 71 for eight before finally falling to 126 all out with uh, Daryl Mitchell finishing unbeaten on a very fine 57 in futile circumstances. 57 from 101 balls, Jimmy Anderson who admitted to feeling a tinge of jealousy on the third evening while Stuart Broad was producing that brilliant spell. He only bowled three overs himself. Well, he atoned for that on the fourth morning with a tremendous return of four for 18 in 10.3 overs. Uh, Stuart Broad finishing with four for 49. There was a wicket apiece for Ollie Robinson and uh, Jack Leach. The man of the match, though, was Harry Brook uh, for uh, 80 and 50 uh, which transformed the innings, and we can hear from him now. He's chatting to Sam Ellard. He is indeed. Harry Brook, thank you for speaking live with TalkSport 2. Um, congratulations on, on player of the match. Just sum up the last couple of days, uh, another very impressive victory for England. Yeah, absolutely. I think we've just um, taken off from where we left, really. Um, obviously, we had a really good series in Pakistan, um, and, yeah, we've, we've come out here, played the same brand we've been playing for the last 
eight months uh, and yeah, and taking them by storm, I think. And for you, maybe not, I know every batsman want more, probably wanted that, that three figures, but you played two really, really impressive knocks once again. How did you find it out there in the middle in this test match? Uh, <laughs> no, I enjoyed it. Uh, like, like I just said then, um, every time I go out to bat, I'm excited. Uh, I feel like you can, you can go out and do whatever you want and, and just play, play the way you want. So um, to, to be able to go out there and have that, that amount of freedom, um, yeah, it's, it's exciting and long may it continue. You probably never get bored of, of people asking you this, but I mean, your journey into this England team, I mean, the last sort of what, seven, eight months, a World Cup winner, 10 test wins from 11, you're scoring loads of runs. I mean, do you have to sort of sometimes pinch yourself at how well it's gone just for you on a, on a personal note over the last sort of seven, eight months? Yeah, definitely. Um, but it's, it's all down to hard work as well. Um, obviously, I've worked, I've worked as hard as I can for the last... Ten years, and, and I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna carry on working as hard as I can. I, I still don't think I'm the finished article. Um, obviously, I've scored a lot of runs in the last few months, but there's still lots to be worked on out there, and um, I can always get better. This, of course, a day-night Test match. England's record going into this um, in day-night cricket not particularly good, but certainly the evening sessions, the three days we did get night sessions with the ball. England fantastic, and even when had to bat under lights, 78 for two wasn't wasn't too bad, was it? Did you feel as if you adapted to conditions really well, and certainly with the ball in hand under the lights, the guys were fantastic, weren't, weren't they? In particular, that, that broad spell last night was magic. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like I just said, I don't think there was any standout performance. Uh, obviously, I've got the man of the match today, but it could have gone to any of them. Uh, Jimmy, Brody, Robbo, any of them. So, um, and, and Ducky as well. Uh, the team effort we've put out there this week has, has been phenomenal on, on a fairly docile pitch in during the day but then obviously at night it quickens up a little bit with a with a bit of dew and under lights but no we were we were outstanding this game and um and the way we've been playing the cricket for the last eight months is has been phenomenal and hopefully everybody's enjoying it Anderson and Broad left the team off it was a, a pretty incredible test match for them breaking another record a thousand over a thousand test wickets now between them while on the pitch overtaking Warner McGraw as a youngster coming into the team how great is it watching these guys go about their business, learning from them. I spoke to Jimmy before the play. He said he doesn't like bowling to you in the nets. <laughs> um, no, yeah, obviously two of the, well, the two greatest ever test bowlers. Um, and actually, every time I face them in the nets, I'm always asking questions. Um, yeah, and, and just because they're the best in the world, it doesn't mean I stop trying to hit them for four or six. <laughs> um, but no. Show them no respect, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but no, yeah, it's obviously growing up watching them too. Throughout throughout my my childhood is uh yeah it's uh to to be able to come in and say that I'm teammates with them is uh yeah it's a very proud moment. You're living your best life, aren't you? Absolutely, yeah. Good for you. We'll see you in Wellington. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thank what you. The very excellent Harry Brook speaking to Sam Allard. Brook made 89 in the first innings from 81 balls with 15 fours and a, and a six. And there was more to come second time around when he made 54 off 41 balls. And the significance of the second half century was that uh, it made the, the most um, telling contribution to England's manipulation of the Test match to allow... Uh, Broad and Anderson and Robinson to bowl at 8 o'clock when conditions were prime for the bowlers on the third evening. But uh, a well-deserved accolade for Harry Brook there and um, suitably modest. I mean, he, he listed all those who he said could have uh, 
been awarded the man of the match award. Jimmy Anderson couldn't have been too far away in the end. We thought that Stuart Broad would be man of the match um, up until uh, maybe an hour before uh, the, the the end. Um, but but Ben Duckett, I mean, he made special mention of him as well for his 84 in the first innings. It was very much a team effort and. It's a cornerstone of the Ben Stokes captaincy philosophy, isn't it, Steve Harmison, that the team comes first. We saw Stuart Broad with four wickets on the third evening not being given a crack straight up um, on the fourth morning to, to take that Fifer because, as Ben Stokes keeps saying, it's about the team, not individuals. If you happen to break a record or achieve a milestone, excellent, but the team comes first. Yeah, the team does come first in, in Ben's eyes. It always has done, and we've talked, me and you on the, the Critic Collective so many times after Ben has won so many games for England, thinking World Cup finals, thinking tight knockout games, um, and saying that the, the, the positions that Ben gets in. We'll come back to that point in just a moment because uh, Sam Ellard is now speaking to New Zealand's captain, Tim Sowley. Thanks, man. As Tim, I appreciate your time after a, a tough couple of days. Where do you think that went wrong for your team? Um, I think you look back to, to day one and uh, the, the, the rate that uh, the English boys were able to score at allowed them to, to, I guess, get ahead of the game and, and declare that night and, um, and put us under pressure. So, yeah, we knew that it was, there was no surprises there. Um, but, but credit to, to England, they strategically played it, played it pretty well. Do you think maybe that toss winning the toss choosing to bowl first I think the first couple of hours were always going to be really important to make best use of that wicket with the ball in hand do you think maybe the key part was that sort of first couple of hours maybe not taking enough wickets and perhaps not bowling at your best in that early part of day one is that fair Tim yeah no, that's uh, that's spot on I think um, if we were able to to um, stem the runs and, and stop the bleeding and, and take a few more wickets in that first day then it wouldn't have allowed them to, to I guess, declare that night or, or have as many runs as they did on the board. So, yeah, I look back to that and it's a massive part of the match. But um, there's also periods yesterday where if we had a had of um, dismissed England an hour or so earlier, we would have got the best of the batting conditions under during the day and then obviously hopefully had a couple of batters in at night where, where it is a tricky period. So um, you look at a number of things and that's the beauty of day-night test cricket is there's, there's moments in the game that um, sides look to attack and expose and, and like I say, I think England strategically uh, played it pretty well. You mentioned there that aggressive approach that was seen over the last year from England. When you're a captain out there and they're pulling, they're trying to reverse scoop quick bowlers, how tough is it as a captain to try and think in your feet and just stop the run rate? Yeah, I think that's the, that's the the hardest thing is to try and stop the run rate. But it's uh, it's exciting as a as a bowling group. You know that's the way they're going to play, um, and and that also presents opportunities. So um, in and in, in, in and around a lot of the, the bleeding, there was a, there's a lot of good stuff as well. And um, yeah, I think it's just uh, with with the way they play, we'll go back and review our planning and uh, and hopefully be a, be a slightly better in Wellington. Last one for me. Well done, Tom Blundell. Scored a hundred, played really well. Probably didn't deserve to be on the losing team there, did he? No, you look at it, the only hundred of the match, and there's a number of great innings um, throughout the match. But uh, he's been a been a um, enormous part of the side. Um, obviously, massive shoes to fill, and BJ Watley, and having done it for such a long period of time, the last sort of um, twelve to eighteen months, Tom Blundell's done a done a hell of a job, and um, yeah, very very pleased for him, and uh, and and long may that continue. We'll see you in Wellington, Tim. Thank you. Thank you. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to Visit Barbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Thank you. New Zealand captain uh, Tim Southey will hear from Ben Stokes um, shortly. I think uh, we might actually be on the verge of uh, speaking to Ben Stokes now. But uh, in the meantime, we were talking about uh, his captaincy and his captaincy style. Yeah, and it's, it's just about, it's all about the team for Ben mentioned about how his, how his performances is in a team, whether he's captain or he's not. He, he plays situations unbelievably well, and that's all he's interested in, is making sure his team does well. And there was no hesitation to give Anderson the, the ball this morning. Leach had to bowl into the wind um, because there was a pretty strong wind. You know, when the, there was nine down, Stewart came back to, to have a go, and it wasn't at a sentiment to try and get Stewart five for it. It was just the right time to bring Stewart back into the game. And it was the same when the last wicket came and Jimmy Anderson came on for you know, into the into the win, but it was the right time to bring Jimmy Anderson on with Blair Tickner on strike. So, I, I, like I mentioned earlier, his captaincy has been fantastic. He's the one that needs to take the huge amount of credit. McCollum and Key, you know, Rob Key for bringing in Brendan McCollum, somebody completely different, out of the box, who thinks out of the box, who doesn't go the normal way of what ECB cricket's been for the last sort of 40, 50 years. Um, and it's worked absolutely perfectly, but one man has to take the credit because he's got to lead it. You've got to have people believe in him, and that's the thing that Ben Stokes has had. He's had people believe in him. Every time he's stood up in a dressing room and said, we are going to do X, and I would imagine a few of the players from 
few years previous, the likes of Root and Stowe, um, Anderson and Broad, who have been around a while, must have been looking at McCullum and Stokes and going, are you sure? Do you really want us to do that? And Ben's, no, definitely, this is the way we're going to do. And the, the, the most outrageous things that he's suggesting, England are pulling off, going at seven and over in Pakistan. You know, the way they played here on day one, helped by some New Zealand bowlers, under lights, even under lights, 82 for two under lights, as opposed to, you know, 100 for eight on New Zealand. They attacked the cricket ball. They put the opposition under pressure, didn't let them sit. And that largely down is the messaging from the people at the top. And now they're all believing that anything that Brendan McCullum and Ben Stokes suggests, they're just going with it and enjoying it and going for the ride. And it's fantastic. I also like the way that uh, Stokes talks now about making an impact on the careers of young players. And if he, can, if he can make a positive impact on the careers of other players in the team, then that gives him the greatest joy. He does still, though, make uh, telling contributions himself. He, he uses himself sparingly. But remember, he took one wicket in this game, and it was Devon Conway who made 77. England really needed a wicket. They needed the hard work doing, and he, and he did it himself. Not only that, man, is it in, when he came out to bat in the, sec, in the second innings, you know, he got the wicket of Devon Conway and it was the right time. You know, after the break, you, uh, not too dissimilar to the time we are now, you, you mentioned off air, you had a word with his knees because he needed some short balling to get it going. It was the right time for him to come on. But in the second innings in the batting, I think he's been, I think in, in times and passages in his, in his captaincy with his, with his own batting in Test Match Cricket, he has been a little bit reckless. I will criticise him a little bit for that, um, not knowing whether to sick or twist. But he came in and he got 31 off 33 balls. And that's not the, the Ben Stokes way. It's not the team's way. But you know what? It was for that afternoon. The situation made for that afternoon because he needed to get his team to give himself some time to bowl with the lights on. Well... We've been talking about uh, Ben Stokes and no praise is too high. He is now going to talk to us through Sam Ellard. Yeah, thank you very much, Ben, for speaking live with TalkSport 2. The sun's shining, happy days, 10 wins from 11. What did you make of the last couple of days? Uh, yeah, great game again. Um, you know, I think everyone has turned up over the last four days that have enjoyed every day that they've came to watch. Um, but yeah, another another clinical performance from, from us, not only with the bat, but also with the ball and in the field. Uh, I think as well, sometimes the, the energy in the field can get overlooked by what we do with the ball and, and bat. Um, but I mentioned it last night in the dressing rooms that we've got a 36-year-old 30, and a 41-year-old, or 40-year-old actually, Jimmy corrected me, you know, <laughs> setting us the standards in the field and, you know, they're obviously bowling as well. So, yeah, it's just great seeing the commitment that everyone's throwing into, you know, the way which we play, not only bat and ball, but also everyone back in, you know, everyone up in the field as well. We go back to day one. You said to me at the toss, you weren't too sure whether you wanted to have a battle bowl first. You were put in. How impressive was it, you know, the way you boys approached the innings and being able to get into a position where you could declare and have a go at night time in New Zealand? Uh, yeah, I mean, these day-night games, you obviously have to sort of structure everything around when the lights come on as to what you're doing. And even before we'd gone out and faced a the ball, there was, there was that talk if we, you know, get into a position where, you know, we're, you know, looking strong with the bat and, you know, our Run rates, obviously, always going to be up there. If, if we've got lads in the middle, then we're always going to give ourselves an opportunity to be able to bowl under those lights. And obviously being nine down gave us that opportunity anyway. Um, but we were, we were thinking about, you know, at six, seven down, if, you know, we get past 300, 320, then, you know, why would we not pull out? Because I'd rather Jimmy, Robbo and Brody be bowling than out there batting. And how special was it from Stuart Broad last night? Four for 21, I think 10 overs he bowled straight. That was Broad at his best, wasn't it? Amazing. Um, you know, you can... 
as I say, you can never never keep a legend down, can you? Um, he's just, he's honestly, he's an absolute pleasure to watch when he's in those moods, and I've seen plenty of them. Um, as soon as he took his first wicket, it was just, you, you sort of know when he's going to produce something like this, and that was another one, you know, I've seen plenty of them over my time, um, and yeah, he just, you know, 10 overs was obviously a big spell for him, but uh, he kept on going, yeah, you have to give me one more skip, you're going to have to give me one more skip, so yeah, amazing, and obviously set today up wonderfully well because you know those five wickets last night were the big five so um it took us it went a long way to us being able to secure victory today and anderson and broad together now over a thousand test wickets as a pair on the pitch together overtaking warner mcgraw i think all us lot up there in the commentary box are running out of superlatives to describe these two have you got a couple more for us um well i mean a simple one is just the, the goats aren't they <laughs> i mean it's it's i can't see that record being broken for a very very long time um, you know, obviously Warren and McGrath were an unbelievable combination, but I think just the way in which cricket's going now, and um, with everything else that's available to players, I can't see that record being broken anytime soon. Um, in fact, I'll probably say it out here: I can't ever see it being broken. So yeah. There we go. That's pretty high praise, isn't it? Um, I feel like what I'm going to take away though from this match, my favourite moment, is Stuart Broad, but batting though. Hashtag the Nighthawk. It was trending on Twitter, wasn't it? I mean, is that? what this England team's about, right? Of course we want to win test matches, but it's also about making people smile, entertaining people, Broad coming out of four under the lights and trying to charge and smack Wagner for six. That's a, that was, is a memory I'll remember for a long time. Was it something that you made you and the boys smile in the dressing room? Yeah, I mean, look, we've been in the position where we've actually had Broadie padded up before, but it's never actually, you know, thankfully the batter's not got out, but, um, and he's not had to go out, but it's one of those things where, you know, strike the enemy when they least expect it. Um, and yeah, uh, you know, it's something that we will take going forward, especially when we feel like we're on top of the game. And um, yeah, I mean, he's Nighthawk for a reason. He knows what he's going to go out there and do. Um, but there will be that one occasion where he walks off the field and he's, you know, like, I don't know, like 25 off 12 balls, which, you know, that's what he's gone out there to do. Um, so yeah, he's dangerous. Your style of cricket would just be topped if Stuart Broad scores 100 number four. It's going to happen, isn't it? Um, you caused a little bit of worry, I think, yesterday for a few people when Ben Folks came out to bat instead of you. But um, as it was revealed last night, it was just nothing too complicated. There was no injuries. You're absolutely fine. Just nature calls, right? It happens, doesn't it? Yeah, it couldn't have been any worse time. And I think I was literally an inch off the toilet seat. <laughs> and, then, um, and then the lad said, oh, no, wicket. And I thought they were just, you know... Yeah just joking around but it actually turned out there was um but i mean he still went out as normal number anyway number seven so um but yeah it turned out good i you know folks he's played two really important innings um this game down the order for us um and it's great to see him as well evolving his game with the bat he's worked really really hard on it and um you know he's taken his his batting to another level in test cricket and i think that's very evident here in these last two innings um obviously he's he's always going to be world class behind the stumps um it, again i'll say it world's best keeper um, and he showed that off again today and just to round up Ben sum up you've can the last couple of days pack grass bank over there Barmy Army fans supporting the team 10 test wins from 11 you're putting smiles on people's faces life's pretty good right yeah it is um, you know you sort of run out of words to keep saying you feel like you repeat yourself when you talk about the Barmy Army but well not just the Barmy Army but all the support we get um, you know it felt like a home game here um, as it does some of the places that we tour um, so yeah just again huge thanks you know you when when the crowd's getting behind you and it's just honestly it's amazing and it makes it feel like a home game but yeah we know we've got unbelievable support so thank you keep making a smile ben we'll see you in wellington thanks mate cheers sweet Top cheers, man. Well done. the very excellent uh, ben stokes yes um 
it is difficult to keep coming up with new words and new superlatives. Um, but you look at this England performance, every single player contributed uh, with uh, runs and wickets or catches. Um, every single one turned up. Uh, Dan McCarty is with me to uh, look at things from a New Zealand perspective. Um, what I can say, Dan, is that um, for the last 11 test matches, it's not just New Zealand who felt like a punch bag. Um, you know, that there are two teams. It takes two teams to make an excellent test match. But, yeah, everyone who England has played against um, in the last uh, seven or eight months um, has been a bit, bit of a supporting act. <laughs> that they have. Uh, I think there's a lot of New Zealand fans who've been at Bay Oval here in Mount Monganui who would have uh, gazed across the field over the last uh, four days uh, with great envy uh, at the way England are playing and how efficient they are at getting themselves into winning positions. They were in a winning position really from the outset, uh, overcoming losing the toss, being sent in. They, I'll go back to that 5,000 metre race analogy we left. They were setting a frenetic pace, and New Zealand were desperately trying to hold on. And, and in some ways, to New Zealand's credit, New Zealand were in with a, an outside chance, and don't jump on me, English fans, an outside chance at lunch yesterday where England were about 260 runs ahead and a six down. And if New Zealand come out, and I think I said to you in the back of the box, it's now or never. It's the next half an hour. New Zealand has to run through that tail or this game will get away from them. Well, England were good enough to push it well beyond 350. I think every one of our experts had, had, had nailed on that number of anything beyond 350 is too much for New Zealand. Well, it proved to be way too much the way Stuart Broad bowled last night. Um, and they did have that final kick. Uh, they, they set the pacemaker's pace, but then had the sprint to finish and uh, have finished a long way away from New Zealand. We'll have to lick their wounds. And it's been, it's been a difficult sort of 12 months for New Zealand. From those dizzying heights, I said to John at the start of the day's play, they've come back. Um, they're coming back probably a little bit too quickly as far as New Zealand cricket fans um, are concerned. But I, I think New Zealand fans are also good enough to recognise a good team when they see it. And they've certainly seen one here. I'm just waiting to see who will be the first team to be drawn into trying to match England uh, and play the same sort of cricket. Um, New know. Zealand didn't. You know. If it happens during the Ashes, it may well be the most memorable contest of all time. Uh, but <laughs> let's just go back to Wellington. We've got another test match here. Let's not talk about the Ashes. We've got lots of time to do that. What changes for New Zealand? I presume Matt Henry comes back. Does Will Young come in for Henry Nichols? To, to the former point... He has to. Matt Henry was originally named in the squad. Kugelheim was a call-up um, after injuries. Kyle Jameson. We didn't really talk about him during the test match. Kyle Jameson was an enormous loss for New Zealand, not only over the last nine months as he's over a stress fracture, but however long he's going to be out for. So I wish him nothing but a speedy recovery. Kyle Jameson on this wicket would have been quite handy for New Zealand. Matt Henry with his ability to hit the seam. In fact, I think Henry might have been better here under the lights and what we'll probably get from him at the basin. But yes, to answer your question, Henry and I would think for Kugeline, Tickner I think did enough with the ball in the second innings to... to to show he's probably a more reliable option. Uh, Will Young to come in mid-series. It doesn't strike me as a Gary Stead type of move uh, to make a change mid-series. They're a very loyal loyal group, almost to a fault. Uh, Stead was very forthright in uh, you know, talking up Henry Nichols' performances at home prior to the series. But this is a player who is, has not scored over 40 in Test cricket for over a year. He's, he's well, down on, well down on confidence. Maybe they'll think, hey, he doesn't have to bat under lights in Wellington like he's had to do twice here. So if I'm a betting man, which I certainly am not, I, I would expect they'll, they'll probably go with Nichols and, and give him one last chance. In 30 seconds, do you think New Zealand and Tim Southey will just be patient and 
play their natural game in Wellington and try and wait for England to make mistakes? Uh, with the bowling, yes. I, I, I think you won't see uh, too much change. New Zealand are reasonably inventive in the field anyway, they own the field settings. I'd just like to see a little bit more assertiveness if the ball is swinging around and seeming around in Wellington, if they if England lose the toss and it will seem around for an hour or so in Wellington as it always does. Get down the wicket. Take take a copybook out of England. You know, throw them off their lengths. I think England were, were excellent at, at doing that. But um, as far as trying to score at five and a half runs and over, there's more chance of me playing test cricket than that happening. <laughs> Dan McCarty, thanks so much for your time. Mount Munganui has been an absolute joy to experience and uh, England have won the first test match here by 267 runs. Man of the match, Harry Brook, for a magnificent 89 and uh, 50 in the second innings. Uh, we'll do it all again. I hope you've enjoyed our coverage here on TalkSport 2. It's been a wonderful uh, experience to bring you uh, live and exclusive ball-by-ball coverage of the first test. And as I said, the Basin Reserve awaits in Wellington. We look forward to it. This has been the following on podcast. England just five wickets away from their first test win here in New Zealand since 2008. Tipped into the air and a simple catch. Straight to uh, mid-wicket, leg side field, Leach turning it into the left-hander, Anderson in, oh that could be close, up goes the finger, LBW, it just looks so, so out, Kugeline stretching forward, it's nipped back, here's Anderson, Bowles. edge, taking a first slip, Jimmy Anderson's on a hat-trick, Southie's gone first ball, Joe Root takes the catch, low down at first slip. The Anderson said to Stuart Broad, anything you can do, I can do it in the daylight. Mitchell comes down the wicket and hits high over long on. He loves hitting straight against the spinners. Little pace down, got to the pitch. Dragged it somewhat, but he's a strong man. Anderson is in, edged and caught smartly to his left. Ben Folks takes his grab two-handed. Wagner's uh, innings comes to an end. And Anderson strikes again here at the mount. With the mountain for New Zealand has just got uh, one wicket taller. Six, but a pop down the track. This is, and he's going to do it again. This time over long off. That's a clean swing of the bat. Confident foot movement. Economy of movement. And uh, six more runs, 36. And New Zealand go past 100 as well. 105 for now. Here's Broad then. Following to Mitchell. And uh, he's turned it away for four behind square on the leg side. Here comes in the two balls remaining. And this one is pulled just wide of the man at a shorter square leg that is Pope who dived athletically to his right. It races away out of the fence for four. Lovely stroke. Another half century for Daryl Mitchell. He's very much enjoyed playing England over the last 18 odd months. The obvious exception, padding up with no stroke in the first innings of this test. But his 53 is a lone bright point on an otherwise ugly looking scorecard, 122 for 9, his 50 off 94 balls, 5 fours and 2 sixes. Well it was a hell of a way to bring it up, he really crunched that short hole. Run through, into the off stump and England had victory, emphatically so. Anderson picking up his board, Tickner not good enough to keep that one out and England have galloped away over the last day or so to win with real style. A win by 267 runs. 
New Zealand swept aside in their second innings, bowled out for just 126. England have another win under their belt. That's 10 in the last 11. Exclusive international cricket. New Zealand take on England. Live on TalkSport 2. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 